Hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Roll Podcast, presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, yo. We got up? Jamie the Great. Yeah. We got a special guest. We've been wanting her on the podcast for a minute. She's got over 20 years in nightlife. I think she's worked her way up, you know, from the bottom up, literally from like retail, cocktail server, marketing director, entertainment director. She's a co-founder and co-owner of Blackout Artist DJ Agency. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of bones in this light life, especially in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy to have her here. Kalika Mokwin, what's good? What's Kalika. Thanks for having me. It's, it's funny, you're like, we've wanted her on the show for a while and I'm sitting here thinking like, they're never gonna invite me on the no. show. <laughs> like, Why would you I, think that? Now I feel like I've made it in life that I'm nah. on this no, podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> You know what it is? We just get like a bombardment of DJs that come into town and then we just get lost in the sauce of like the DJ world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we always say that we want to interview more people behind the scenes and people who are in like nightlife and actually controlling everything kind of behind the scenes and everything. And you're one of those people, right? Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored to be here, guys. So okay. okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say none. No, no, no. I'm not going to gas myself up, but yeah, yeah, you got it. So, like, you've been in you've been in Vegas nightlife for, like, like almost 20 years, right? Uh, yeah, I started in 2000, January of 2004. So, 2004. Coming up on 20 years, yeah. Yeah. So, we, that was when you were, um, you were cocktail waitress at Nine Group at the Palms uh, Hotel Casino, right? That was one of my first jobs. My first job out here, actually, was at Coyote Ugly, working in the retail uh, department like selling t-shirts and I did that job for about a month and then at the end of February I got hired as a waitress at Nine Steakhouse and, oh wow yeah and then a promoter at Ice Nightclub and kind of just worked my way so you was doing both at the same time Ice and um I was a non-group yes I was doing both at the same time it's it's really funny I actually for I was working at Nine as a waitress and then I saw an ad in the newspaper it's just like this is what ages me so I was looking at the, <laughs> the, the wanted help wanted ads in the newspaper and I saw that said a promoter for Ice Nightclub. I was like, oh, well, that sounds really cool. Um, you know, I'm waitressing at nine, but I really want to get into like the actual club scene. So I went to an interview and I remember it was Derek Silverstein and Mark J that interviewed me. <laughs> and oh, I, I was waiting in line with probably 300 people wow. for a promoter position that paid $10 an hour. I mean, at the time in 2004, that's how the, the industry was. It was, it was hard to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wanted to be a part of it. Um, and you were just happy to have any kind of a position, no matter what it paid, because it was just a, a foot into the door. So um, I think they hired three of us out of about 300 people that interviewed that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm just curious, like, usually, like, you know, nightlife is like a male dominated industry, right? Mm-hmm. And usually, like, when a woman comes in, they're, they're, I don't know, typecasted into a role as like a cocktail waitress, you know, a bartender, a server, somewhere in the service industry, a dancer. Yeah. Right. You don't really see a lot of women behind the scenes. Right. Like when I first moved out here to Vegas, I mean, I think there was Z Zandy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was a uh, Jody. Jody. Yeah. Jody yeah. 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 There was Jody. Those are two women I really look up to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like the bosses when I moved out here. And I was just like, you know, I remember going like to meetings with like group, you know, mm-hmm. And there was just like, uh, like, you know, 50 dudes and then like these two women all the yeah. time, you know? Yeah. What made you want to go behind the scenes and not just, because the money is far better being a waitress, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I've always liked, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm kind of a control freak in the ways. Mm. And I like being um, in control of situations and like making things happen versus things just happening to me. And like as a waitress, I felt like it's a very kind of reactive position. It's nothing against waitressing, but you're just, you know, running around serving people, helping people. You're not 
making something happen. You're not creating an, a real experience. So I always, I felt like the, the feeling I got when I was able to put people onto a guest list and get them into a nightclub and they had the time of their life and they're texting me the next day, like, oh my gosh, it's like Saturday night was awesome. Like, thank you so much. Like we were going to call you every time we're there. Like that, that feeling was better than just walking out with 500 bucks at the end of the night, witnessing. Mm. So I kind of became addicted to that and just wanted to work my way up into the industry. So you got your taste of that at ICE. At ICE, yeah. And to me, when I first moved out here, ICE was kind of like, it's, you know, obviously it's after like being in the city and hearing more about it. But when I first moved out here, ICE was off the strip. Mm -hmm. It was actually like behind the strip. Mm -hmm. So it looked a little kind of, it looked a little ghetto. It's right by right? Top Golf now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on what? It was like out the way. Yeah. Koval yeah. and um, Dean Martin. Everybody. So when I heard about it, I was like, everyone was like, man, ice was great. And I'm like, really? Because it, it just looked like. Were you here for the ice era? I don't. I came out I here think, 2000. I think, I, I think I was here for the the, the down of it. Maybe yeah, when you came out it. here, ice was just like about to close. Was, yeah, I came out in 2005. Oh, okay, so yeah, it was, gosh, it really was only a year yeah. that it was just on top of. I wouldn't even say top of the world. I don't think they did better numbers than like the Palms or Light, but it was really fun for locals to go there. Mm. And then they had all the big DJs. This was before EDM really had taken off, like any, even close to how it is now, but they had, you know, Ferry Corsi and they had Tiesto. They had, um, they had AM, Cascade. Like, AM, yeah. Mark Lawson. Yeah, like all the all the EDM guys played there. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember that's when, I think we paid New Year's Eve Tiesto like $100,000. Wow. Like, someone's getting $100,000 to DJ. It was such a huge number back then. And now it's just like a regular Saturday night, like at any of these clubs. You know? So wait, wait. So even back then, the nightclubs were still booking big acts. Not really. No. So back in 2004, it was um, definitely more about the party, the club, the celebrities that attended. Um, I don't think they really started paying celebrities until Pure opened in 2007. Oh. So, um, you know, which is, but, but like the, the Palms was put on the map from the real world. So you right. couldn't even, I would get off work at Ninth Steakhouse and walk out on the, that, those steps at like 11 PM. And it was just a sea of people to get into rain, to get into ghost bar. And I think DJ Hollywood and, um, ROB were the DJs. So, so like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, never, you remember, right? Cause light was like the first bottle service club in 2001. Yeah, right, around mm -hmm. there. Yeah, 2002. And then yeah. they were bringing in some open format DJs, some New York guys, maybe like Mark Ronson. They had a couple right? of um, open format DJs that came out to the, to Vegas to try right. out. But none of them like, none of them did so, as but good the, as expected. Yeah, but all they were like, so Vegas at this time was really dependent on the resident DJs. Mm -hmm. And then once in a while they'd have a guest DJ, but they weren't bringing these big dance and house acts no, like Tiesto no. and that's do you think Ice kind of started that or, or like planted the seed for I some of that Ice was the only club that was doing it right so you know house music fans that's where they went mm -hmm. was to Ice yeah. and then I think Z really pioneered it um, right. bringing it to and, and Josh D was part of that too bringing mm -hmm. it to um, Jet to the 3400 room yeah is that what it was called it was the side room right yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then they started that party over there and then I feel like it's so crazy to think <laughs> now. Yeah, Jet Nightclub in the Mirage. The main room was this huge room with maybe twelve hundred capacity. I don't know, something like that. And then there was these two side rooms. Yeah, they were and, fun though. Yeah, and side then, these great. side rooms, these big EDM house acts. But well, this is like before room. they yeah. like really 
blew up. Right. But they still had a name. People knew who they were. Yeah, I mean, it's I funny. Think, you tell me you were in the main room a few times and Tiesta was in the side room. Yeah, it was like Cascade, <laughs> yeah, right? Chilling. That's was, how yeah. it was. It was crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> like 2005, 2006. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was exactly those years. Yeah. And then I, I feel like... Um, I feel like the EDM thing didn't really take off until after the recession because, you oh, know, yeah. that came in 2008 and then the clubs really became dependent kind of on like the local industry parties to bring in people. And, um, you know, they weren't spending money on Paris Hilton coming anymore and in the big DJs. And then I think probably when, gosh, what Republic opened, that's when the big DJs started headlining. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think you're right. Yeah, I think where Republic was really... I mean, it was maybe like after it was like a new, like modern version of like rehab, right? Yeah. Because yeah. rehab was very yeah. spring break. It had a mm-hmm. spring break energy. It wasn't like bottle service. And the Wet Republic was like taking the it, European concept. They took like it to another level with of the like yeah. a, party. Of like Ibiza parties and, and bringing it, 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 right? Ibiza. Wait, that's yeah. how you say it, right? Ibiza, like a, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the lips with it? I mean, I usually. The correct I, way. Yeah. <laughs> I usually say Ibiza. You know I thought it was Ibiza. I say Ibiza. I was like, no, it's like a, a thing. Like it's Ibiza. Ibiza. You it's pronounced Ibiza. Yeah, okay. Ibiza. I mean, yeah, I remember Afrojack, all these head, like they went from the EDC world right into Web Republic. Like yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Like people from LA were fiending to come here just for, because that was before what, EBC and everything else, right? Excess and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Way yeah, before so, that. Yeah. Web Republic opened, I believe in 2008. Yeah. So, and EBC was 2010. So you were in the midst. You were running around during this whole time. You were moving from Palms, Nine Group to Light Group, from Ice. It was well, it was kind of fun. You were in your twenties, right? This must have been a fun. great time, right? You know, Vegas. I always thought was kind of like Neverland. It was like if you didn't weren't ready to grow up, weren't ready to settle down and have kids, and you know that this was like the perfect place to come. You know, mm-hmm. and everyone was kind of on the same in the same mindset. You know, as as you and it was easy to make friends. A lot of people were not from Vegas, so they're also looking to connect with people. Uh, you and meet people from all over the world on any given day or night, and you know you it, it just the way the day would take you, you wouldn't even be able to expect it. Like I was like working at Bear one time and then like, like ended up playing on a private jet and like in Los Angeles at like some Grammy party that night. <laughs> just like I, I wore my swimsuit on the plane and like found like an H&M when I got there to put a cover up on, you know, it's just, you never know where the day would take you out here. That's quite the story. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much that can happen and it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I started at Bear in 2007. That's when- You were like a marketing director? I was the marketing director, yeah. I, uh, I had worked for the Light Group in 2006, um, I actually got a job as a promoter at Jet, and then they put me to work the front door. And I thought I was a big shot at this point. I was like, "Oh, I'm working the front door at this new hot club." And you know, what does so that cool. entail? Actually, what does that entail, though? Like, I'm always don't let them in. I'm always curious in. about that. Yeah. <laughs> they have these meetings. They have you in there. Is it one? Of, it like, and also, I'm I'm wondering in these environments, right? You're in there. You're probably maybe the only woman in the room. Are they like, let's give this girl a chance? She's doing well, or like it what? Was, it, or they no, like, it was kind of just right place, right time. I was yeah. a promoter, and then I remember Dave Roberts was running the door. Right, I think Dave someone like Roberts. didn't show up that night, and they were just like they gave me a clipboard. They're like, actually, Dave gave me a crash course. He's like, have you ever worked the front door? I'm like, no. He's like, you're about to learn. Damn, <laughs> like, that's that's literally <laughs> that's how it works. That's literally all of Vegas. Yeah, and he just threw me at the front door, and I was just like, okay. And I just was kind of looking what the other hosts were doing and trying to follow their lead. And I actually though ended up getting fired after doing this for a few months because. I was I was too 
too nice. That's can be a downfall of mine sometimes. And <laughs> I know Light had to have a guest list every week on Mondays. Yeah. And um, I was just like, oh, I, I felt bad for the employees that didn't have a guest list. So I was just marking down and tallying it up so they would get credit, even though mm. they didn't have people come in. And they like caught wind that I was doing this. And one night they switched me out <laughs> doing the guest list line. And then like the employees didn't have nearly as many people come in. So I got fired from that. Um, and they put me back at light as a promoter and it was miserable. And then I was trying to tell um, like Stephen Lockwood, who was the marketing director of Jet. I was like, Stephen Lockwood. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I really want to get back into Jet. Like whatever position you have, can I be your assistant? Can I do anything? And he didn't really respond to me for a while. And then I remember it was like the beginning of February in 2007. And I get a phone call from Stephen and he says, hey, Kalika, I have an opportunity for you. Um, the the Mirage is opening up this new club. It's called uh, this new pool club. It's called Bear Pool. It's going to be like the hot new thing. It's going to be the new rehab. They're looking for a marketing director. He's like, I'm going to get you an interview. And if you fuck this up, you'll never work in the city again. <laughs> Damn. Fucking pressure. They told you that too? They told me that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you're still here. <laughs> so, but I would like to say I got the job and I, I held that job for seven years. So right. hopefully I didn't let them down. <laughs> well, you, you started with Bear and then you started overseeing um, bank and other properties, right? So my strong skill set was, you know, making a party out of really not having a budget because... I was at Bear and you know they needed to pack that place and the budget at Bear is not very high. So we had to get really creative with what we would do to get people to come in. So what so, are like some of the things you did like? Uh, for like Mother's Day, I did like shake what your mama gave you ass shaking contest. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I did, we did release the twins, which was, these are parties you couldn't get away with today, by the way. You know, which was like, oh, come show your tits. Like, I was gonna ask you, when, 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 for free. When Bear first opened, was it um, already was the plan to make it, was it already planned to make it topless? It Ooh. was, it was always a European pool, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. So, um, you know, we did lots of like the 30 under 30. Um, the, we did a party called Fresh where we honored like all the new up and coming people on the scene. Mm -hmm. And the list parties were always successful because you'd invite like 30 different people and you'd recognize them and they'd all come in and they'd bring their friends and it would be busy. So I got really good at that. And from there, they kind of put me on bank Sundays because they wanted to replicate what we were doing at Bear on Mondays with bank on Sunday nights and locals. And then um, I started doing liquid on top of Bear and bank in 2011. And that that year was really rough on me because I was working six, seven days a week. And I was living at the Palms at the time, Palms Place. I was not sleeping. I was drinking Set up to sundown. <laughs> so, but you was living in the Palms. Yeah, the Palms, the palms place. Palms yeah, place. Yeah. Palms yeah. Place. Oh. Which was yeah. like, which was launched as a condo, right? Kind of. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't do well, and then it became like a, a hotel, I think, or something yeah, like it's that. It's like a condo hotel. It, yeah. it was like living in a hotel when I lived there. That's what I felt like. Right. Was, the, the the studio I was in was basically a hotel room, you know. Yeah. But you were like really close to the action. Oh pretty yeah. Much. Oh, and I have like fucking people from the bank come over, like crash on my. I'd wake up like five people in my bed. Like <laughs> people come over from the clubs. <laughs> like, oh, we don't want to drive home. It's four thirty. Can we we come to your place? I was like, sure, come over. So it was, yeah, a, lot of, it was a fun year. That was the last year before I had kids. So that was like I kind of went out with a bang, like for my single life that year. Yeah. That, that was like that that era with all those parties, right? Like the shake what your mama gave you, the gold digger parties. Yep. Remember yep. that? Mm -hmm. Why did that start ending? I mean, I just don't I know, think I know very what, politically I, correct. I know, yeah. it's not, I know it's not politically correct. but Social the, media. But the know. idea of a theme party, right? Yeah. Why did that stop? Like there was a Polapalooza where they had this like contest for like strippers on the pole. Mm -hmm. 
And that's it was a, a cool last name. That was a big one. I yeah. mean, a popular. It, that was yeah. a great party. I yeah. can't take credit for that one. That was that was a very very popular event. There was like all of these parties. There was like the Gold Digger party. There was like uh, the Polar Palooza. There, there was, was like Butterface. Oh, <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, the Butterface. Wait, party. what is that? Butterface wait, actually wait, wait, had a wait, wait, billboard. Wait. It was these girls with bags over their face, and you had to um, <laughs> basically judge the girl on her body because right. Was, so it was like, they, were, like <laughs> they brought them out on stage and it was like okay and then it's like okay now reveal the face and like they had to take the bag off and yeah this was like a thing it was wow. huge it was huge y'all did it m- multiple times at light group didn't y'all i know it was that but this was that i think it was jet i don't want to i don't know if it was one oak yet wait so this was this was at where this was at jet mostly but it, you guys jet. did it multiple times at jet right i can't remember exactly how many times it was done right. but it was it was one of those parties that I mean, he would do those events and it would just, the place was slammed. And to answer your question, I don't really know why it stopped. I can only really assume that, you know, I'm not trying to like say anything bad about anybody, but the creativity with that used to exist, especially like with the light group, it's just isn't there in some of these venues anymore. You know, I think a lot of people depend on the DJs, the, yeah. the big headliners to, to bring the people instead of, you know, we had to sit down and spend you know hours in the office making phone calls and, and coming up with the you know the people we want to invite in and coming mm-hmm. up with creative ideas. We would come up with like four or five different concepts and you know we'd sit there in our marketing meetings and slide them across the desk um, and you know just to get approval on them. And uh, Andy would sit there and say like, no, this sucks. Now not that one. Okay, okay, this one. You know, and so we're like, okay, cool. So now we have a party. We have to make it uh, turn it into a real thing. So that's a, that's just what we would do every week. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think you're right. I think it started with the EDM boom when yeah. uh, when the, everyone was kind of flexing their bank accounts and booking all the big DJs. Mm-hmm. And then it became like a big dick contest and who can get the the biggest DJs and pay the biggest DJs out. Yeah. And then I think everything just shifted. Right, because promotions and probably the VIP hosts, everyone's just booking tables based on the headliner. Like, oh, we got Tiesto it tonight. It's, it's we have this tonight. We have mm-hmm. this tonight. Where on the other way around, it was like really kind of grassroots marketing, like promotions. It was, right? It was grassroots marketing, yeah. and we had some of our busiest, most popular nights for those parties from nothing. From nothing, like the bank would make sometimes. You know, I don't know what's good for a nightclub nowadays, but you know, breaking a hundred k was good for a, for a, right. a night back then. And, you know, we'd have that kind of a night with, you know, spending five to 10 grand on a local event, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay, we had womanizer, whatever um, VIP host or local promoter, good looking guy brought the most women with him to the club, got five grand. That was always <laughs> Damn, spent. Man. That was always spent. And we'd have, you know, <laughs> 10 guys with yeah, like yeah, 30, 40, 50 girls in tow. And you'd have this packed club of women and we're spending $5,000 on it, you know, so it was just it was just different back then. Dude, 5k a night just to hang out with women. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? I can't even. I mean, I remember like the Halloween contest was big. They, you guys were giving yeah. out like 10k prizes. I think something crazy. Yeah, I think the clubs still do some of that. And you know, I don't want to say the creativity doesn't exist at all anymore because I do see oh, the wind still does some stuff. Right. You know, and I'll see a, an event here happen at Hawkesan here and there. So you know, it, it does happen. It just it's not as prevalent as it was back then. As yeah, common. Yeah. It, it was like you know we would do these parties every single week. Dude, the butterface was crazy. Crazy, though, the butterfly right? sounds crazy. That's really. I remember. I th- I think I DJed one of those because mm-hmm. they had like what five contestants, and and yeah. like you said, they would reveal their face. Uh huh. And in the winner, I would be put, like, I think they were like play. I think Steve Lockwood was in the booth with me. And he's Is like, that we had to play? Um, she's a queen. Yeah. So the we- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, so I think Steve Lockwood like hit me earlier. Uh huh. And he's like, we're having this pageant. So I need you to get like some pageant music ready. 
And I was thinking of like, what's pageant music? This is all whack. So I was like, oh, let me think of, uh, oh, coming to America when uh, when his wife comes out, right? She's yeah. your future wife, queen yeah. <laughs> So I transferred that to MP3 and I played it and like the whole place, like I remember Eddie was in the booth dying. He was just like, yo, I can't believe you're playing this right now. And it was it was that Butterface pageant, I think it was that. Some of the things you all got thrown into as DJs, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was crazy. Like Gold, Gold, Gold Digger was crazy. Yeah, the yeah. Gold Digger event, it was- what Is that was the one that had the fake money? The fake money. Yeah, they had to go around. So Gold Digger was um, each customer, each table is given a bunch of fake money. And we'd have all these girls come in. You know, a lot of them worked at the strip club. Some would just come in on their own. And they'd have to, girls would have to go around to all the tables and convince the men to give them the money. And then yeah. whatever girl collected the most money from the tables at the end won like a ten thousand dollar prize. Right. So. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah you could never, Yo, you could never do that. Yeah. do that nowadays. You, do that you can't now. do that now. Kalika, you, you a mastermind. <laughs> that was okay, that was. Okay. That that yeah. shit is a good idea. I mean, but like, like you're you're behind you're, you're in the offices, right? They're, while the offices. this while they while these things are getting okay, so brought this up, is right? Really fun. I was one of the only women that would sit in these meetings. I'm not gonna name names, but some sometimes the, the conversations from some of these guys would be like, "Okay, you know what? Um, you know what's wrong with this club? We, we don't have enough pussy. Like, yeah. We need to get more. We need to get more pussy Whoa. in the club." And then, like us girls, and they're like, "Yeah, how do we get more pussy in the club? Like, we gotta figure this out." You know? <laughs> Did you feel uncomfortable, or was you? No, like, it was just kind of like part of the job. Like, I feel I was like, like in the Wolf of Wall Street office. Yeah, no, like, definitely. It, it was like it was like hey, this is what we gotta do to, to win, guys. Like, come on, what are we gonna do? And you can never get away with that kind of talk That's now. Insane. Like that person would walk out of the office, go straight to HR now, and be like, "You know what we just talked about in this boardroom meeting?" <laughs> I picture yeah. you guys like taking shots in the meeting while you're saying this. Yeah, you know what? We need pussy in the club. We need more pussy. Not enough pussy. Here, 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 here. I'm sure someone was doing lines of coke or something. And then no, I Honestly, you're probably, probably taking Xanax before these meetings. Here's oh the here's the fucked up part about these meetings yeah. is they would happen every single Monday at like 11 a.m. and we had bank Sundays the night before, so we would be at the bank until like sometimes five in the morning drinking some people go to rhino afterwards and then like say, yeah. we'd have to show <laughs> to the up. meetings we'd show up at the office at like you know 9 30 10 a.m like hungover some people hadn't slept and then we expected to like print out all these one sheets and proposals and like go into this meeting all and it was just like sometimes i just remember like just sweating in these meetings like oh my god like i just counting down the seconds and but then after the meeting you're not yelled at after the meeting you had to go to bear after the meeting you had to go to bear yeah wow. mm -hmm. party continued the party continued. How long did you do that for? Uh, How long did you live that specific lifestyle? That's she, probably from 2007 years. to 2011. And then no um, way. I do remember, though, I think in like 2010, they moved the marketing meetings to Tuesday. <laughs> that was I like, you know what? It's better <laughs> okay. we give shit on Tuesday, guys. I think enough people were like, this is not working out. <laughs> Delusional is fine. Yeah. Like five, six years later, they yeah. do that, right? That makes yeah. Sense. Years later. Yeah, but I think some of it's, it's actually kind of funny because some of the most creative ideas that we had came from those like 45 minutes before the meeting where we're like, okay, we'll be partying all weekend. We don't have anything prepared. Like, you know, it's like, what, what are we gonna do? We just would pull out something like some stupid, crazy idea, like write on paper. And then they'd be like, yes, that's the party that we're doing. <laughs> and then and then you have what, the, who showed up to the meetings? Is it like, uh, was it the owners like Andy Massey, and Andrew Sasson? How many yeah. times did Andrew flip out on you guys? Well, the thing, Kaleka, <laughs> how did he say your name? Kaleka. The the whole thing was like to try to make it through the meeting without getting kicked out of the meeting. <laughs> Damn, wow. there was a girl. 
get so, through the meeting. So like I said, I think some people- Why, why would he kick it? He'd just be like, that's the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. Get, get, the, the, fuck get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. I think it went exactly something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you, you did a really great impression just now. Yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah. I, we, yeah. we witnessed it. We went to the, what was it? The shit in Montreal? We the, went the to retreat. It was like a retreat for the um, oh, I heard for managers. About, I heard stories yeah. about that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> the cra- I've, we saw like what, like three people get kicked out, right? Yeah. It was not like, actually two people. Two people got kicked out. I think isn't that the one we're <laughs> fight with? Yeah, that was. I heard that story <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this the stuff that happened back then. It's just, it's it's crazy. I I I feel like I only got really screamed at like once or twice though and i probably deserved it both times that i did it's not bad yeah yeah i think one time i I put i one time i put an ad out uh for a big event that we were doing and i submitted the ad with the wrong date oh like came into the meeting like like threw the fucking las vegas weekly on the table (laughs) like who submitted this ad (laughs) like (laughs) they're like get the fuck out (laughs) Did you ever like? Did you ever get broken down, like cry and be like, "Oh my god, I'm, I, I can't um, do this shit." Like this, I'm wondering that no. even in the no. four or five years that you were like living hard, like just like fucking going at it hardcore, Sunday Mondays, Sunday Bank, yeah. Bear Mondays, drinking all week, going on. You know, did you ever have a moment where you're like I gotta change, I gotta stop drinking, I have to like relax um, a couple times in 2011, and that's where I feel like I pushed myself really hard. Um, mm. I remember after my birthday party at Jet. Okay, this was also really fun. So we, you know, since we were in control of all these local parties, we could come up with crazy ideas. So I remember in 2011, it was myself and Megan Allred and Stephen Tomes and a couple of people. We all had birthdays in July. So, you know, and at the time we were also spending, you know, money on bringing in some artists. Like, you know, we'd have 50K on TI or Akon or whatever it was, you know. So I went to Andy and I was like, hey, we want to do a, a big birthday joint birthday party. How about instead of paying an artist 50 grand, we'll bring the same amount of people to these venues, but give us all the money to spend on our party. <laughs> and they were like, he's like, okay. So we took this 50 grand and we did, um, I remember it was bank Sunday and bear Monday, but we did 25 comp rooms at Bellagio Sunday night, 25 comp rooms at bear, uh, Mirage Monday night, um, open bar at bank for everyone we brought, uh, open bar at bear the next day. We had suites, four suites for after parties. We had party buses. Actually, <laughs> I remember that. Dinner, a, <laughs> a, a dinner for 70 people at Yellowtail. I mean, it was just crazy. Quite the extravaganza. Yeah, and I- It's like I, a Brewster's Million. Yeah. And I remember- <laughs> I remember after Jet that that Monday night, this was 2011, so I was working all the week leading up to this party. Obviously, I was partying all weekend, and then um, I remember waking up like on Monday, and I couldn't go to the meetings that week, and I was just dying, and I was like, okay, like I... I really felt like I was had to go to the hospital. <laughs> like I was like, okay, wow. something something has to change. Like I can't live my life like this. And I actually think I really prayed on it. And I was like, I really, really need to change my life right now. Like I can't keep doing this. And then, um, you know, less than a year later, I got pregnant with Kennedy. So oh, wow. I think that was kind of like <laughs> you the manifested change. I manifested that change in my life. It's yeah. a, a blessing yeah. from God. Yeah, it really was. So. Having a baby gonna change a lot of right, shit, right? Yeah. God was like, Mm-mm-mm. that was a complete 180 then, huh? Like, yeah. as so far as I, lifestyle. I, I remember when I became pregnant, I, you know, obviously you go through a lot of emotions and you think, okay, you know, what should I do yeah. in this situation? And I do remember like, 
thinking back being like, okay, well, Kalika, you, you asked for this. Like you prayed for a change in your life for major mm-hmm. change to happen. And yeah. this is what you, the universe has presented to you. So that you, this is what you got to do. And you got to go with it. <laughs> so like, you know, was it a coincidence that around that time you started Blackout Artists, the DJ agency? So no? Blackout Artists, see, I had Kennedy in 2012 and actually I started working on Blackout while I was pregnant. So mm. I started kind of putting together ideas for like a DJ roster. Well, where did that come from? And we didn't really talk yeah. about it enough, mm-hmm. but I feel like it would, it really started with Bank Sundays, right? So Blackout really started because I was um, working as a marketing director for Bank Sundays. Right. Uh, I became very close with um, Karma, an icon. Mm-hmm. And um, I got also kind of noticed just this thing that we were bringing in, um, not just at Bank, but at all the venues. We'd bring, we'd fly in a lot of out of town DJs, like from LA right. or mm-hmm. from New York. And um, we'd pay, you know, two to $3,000 for them to come in. We'd pay for their flights, their hotels. And I thought, I was like, well, I think the resident DJs do a better job. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, I and, and, and Karma and Icon was a, was the uh, Sunday resident. They were Sundays, but then I was like, and I think was, five was, was like Q, rotated, It was right? Q, yeah. Shift, Five, like all these DJs that were playing that were local to Vegas, mm-hmm. I thought were doing better than the guys that we were flying in. So I was just like, kind of, was like a, kind of a waste of money. And so um, I was always a really big advocate for, to have like the resident DJs play and, and to not bring in all these out of town guys. So, um, and then I thought that they were underrated as well. Right. And how talented and let, they were. And let's let's emphasize that this Sunday Bank Sunday party was maybe one of the best one of the like best parties at it, that it time. It was. It was, it was yeah. in, in, it industry was party. It was, it was the best industry party at it that was. time. And, I went it, to a few and terms, the yeah. DJs, I mean Karma was the main resident there and you know, really helped bring that party to another level. Mm-hmm. And so He's a great DJ. The, at the time, these DJs weren't playing out of town. They were just, you know, playing in Vegas. And I really felt like there was an opportunity there to put together, you know, a roster of these DJs and try to sell them outside mm-hmm. of the market. So um, that's basically how Blackout started. Right. And it, it's, it's kind of one of those things too, uh, where like there's all these other agencies. Mm-hmm. So there's like Scam, there's DGI, um, I think uh, yeah, Dexstar. Well, Dexstar yeah. was maybe on its way. Yeah, down I think it was gone by that, that point. It yeah, was gone when AM passed. Dexstar yeah. kind of like ended, mm-hmm. but there was this kind of opening. There was this like open market for more DJ agencies mm-hmm. that, with like maybe like unknown talent that could have filled this gap or this. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, there wasn't a Vegas-based agency. Mm. So that's where I was like, okay, I can take, I can make a roster of these guys who I know crush it. I know they, they're good DJs, you know, and they're going to show up and they're going to do the job, uh, whether it's in Vegas or outside of Vegas. So, um, and I also felt like I was just helping my friends. Like these are guys I've worked with for, you know, four or five years that I've become really close with. So it was just, I felt like a kind of a win-win for all of us. Like, okay, if I can, I help get you guys some work out of town and then, you know, I make a cut of that too. And you know, it, it helps everybody. So, and were they voicing also the, some of their frustration too of just being like, "Hey, we're stuck in Vegas, or we should be out there a little bit more, or anything like that"? Not, or not really. I think because I time, think everyone was yeah. trying to get signed to Scam, and then yeah. Scam was like, "No." So yeah. then it was like, if you're not on Scam, then there's nothing. Yeah. And so there, that's what I was talking about. There was this absence of all these like talented DJs that weren't DJs. that weren't signed to Scam that were just in limbo. Because like scam kind of dominated the open format scene at this time, you know. There's it was like yeah. scam or DJI, right. I think, right? At that you're time. right. Everyone mm-hmm. was trying to get on scam at the right. time, I remember. Because that's kind of, if you were on scam, that was kind of what 
um, was catapulted you. you to play yeah. outside of Vegas yeah, or to stamp. travel and be a traveling DJ. I think right. that's the next step DJs want to get Yeah, to. because I remember no. like uh, DJs coming to me and me co-signing. Mm-hmm. Also, at the beginning, I would have to co-sign DJs like to Sujit. To send, it was kind of like a group a group thing yeah Yeah. so i remember trying to co-sign karma and all these guys and some of them went through and some of them just didn't go through yeah i mean you know he you know suji would look at a dj it reminds me of the comedy store you know Mm -hmm. i forgot who's the chick at the comedy store Uh, mitzi yeah Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was like mitzi at the comedy store she kind of like handpicked who who got you know passed and who didn't and Suju was just like that guy that was like looking at these DJs. Like, Suju was meant to. Eh, you know, you, there's no marketing power with you. You know, you don't have the right look, or you know, you're too this or too that. And then there's this this like collection of DJs, it's like American Idol. For yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and there's these collection, but he wouldn't listen to any of them, right? Yeah, it's just basically on appearance, or I don't know what it was. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he would just like kind of come to this deduction of of it was was this dj scam worthy or not yeah, yeah. But, but there was like you said there was this there was a, a group of talented djs that were just in limbo that, yep that were kind of just stuck with these and they didn't have the marketing or promotion behind them or the contacts of resources outside of las vegas to you know to travel and you know you're, and get you're exactly back. right and that's you know what where my experience came from morgan for the liker was marketing so and then when I, like I said, became pregnant with Kennedy, I couldn't keep up with the same kind of schedule I had, you know, working bear and working bank and liquid. So I left the light group when I was five months pregnant. I, it was all on great terms. I was just like, I, I can't keep up with this kind of schedule. I'm going to have wow. a baby. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided to start Blackout Artists. Were you um, scared though too? Like, what am I going to do for, you know? uh, I remember at the time I had a little bit of a financial cushion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything crazy, but it was enough to like get me through six months. Right. So I had some time to like, okay, focus on having this baby and building a business. And then um, I had Kennedy in August and then we launched, well, the first booking I ever got for Blackout, I remember was in November. Who was the first so, team? Uh, the first wait who came up with that fucking name too yeah but I was gonna ask you what was <laughs> it's like the most it's the most hood name I've ever yeah. heard in my so, life so <laughs> blackout no, black we, we had like a list of probably 20 different name options do you recall any of the, the other, other ones Maybe that was Kalika's reputation, know. yo. She would Here, black here's, out. Here's where I was like, what were you doing? This is where the name, the name, I don't remember who exactly it was from, but we always used to say at Bank Sundays, it's never a good Sunday until someone blacks out. Okay, that there was, you like, go. The thing. So, sounds yeah. good, yeah. So that was, Church. you know, and it was like, we'd have those shot glasses you saw the DJ with Bank Sundays, like who can make the shot, the higher tower of shots that you took, you know, and, and who can keep standing the longest while getting like wheelchaired out, so. Um, that's where the name actually came from as we were joking about it one day. We're like, well, it's never a good party until you black out, you know, and, and, and then we're like, oh, that's actually kind of a, a cool name. Let's put it on the list. So, and then uh, we just kept coming back to that name. I think it was, the original roster was um, Karma, Icon, Eric Forbes, um, Q, mm. um, I think Big D, uh, hey. Loxie yeah. and Shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Lo- Loxie and Shift was the original roster. Mm. I hope I didn't forget anybody. And then what so. was it? You were, you were saying the first booking. What was it? Um, it was actually Icon and Karma playing together in this place called Naughty in uh, Cabo. It was the grand opening. And oh. I, I was so excited when I got that first booking for that. Wait, wait, so, <laughs> so how was this? How was how did this go about? You like because it says like you we did some research. You you teamed up with Jack Colton for this or no? So Colton and I, and who was Jack Colton? So because Jack, I know he, 
I know he had like a an annual award thing, Nightlife yes. Awards. Yeah. And I remember moving out here and I'm like, who is Jack Colton and why is everyone obsessed about these Nightlife Awards? You remember this? I remember. Like yeah. motherfuckers would get yeah. mad. Yeah. Like, no. like, like, the best oh, DJ took of... Oh, took so wow. seriously. Yeah. The only fight... How did he get nominated? No, yeah. the only fight... <laughs> How did he win? <laughs> Why not me? So, though, Colton, he's, I like to say he's the male version of me. Like, we're like the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been best friends since, God, 2004, 2005 is when I met him. Uh, he started a website called jackcolton.com that was essentially a directory for where to go in Las Vegas for clubs. And okay. then he had all the different VIP hosts listed on there so you could directly contact a VIP host. So it's like almost like like a napkin nights, but it's direct. It's kind it's, of like- It's direct contacts for hosts. So now anyone coming yeah. to Vegas could just reach the lead host on Access. So uh, that worked at Access. So a lot of people started using this directory. He listed all the clubs. It was free for anyone, for the clubs to be listed on there. And then once the clubs started getting tons and tons of business, Colton's business model is now going to them and saying, oh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, now if you wanna stay, it's you know X amount a month to be, mm, smart. to be listed on there. And of course, everyone's making so much money from the site and referrals, everyone paid. So in, I actually, sorry, I skipped this part. So when I- So when did he launch that though? This was, he launched it in 2005 when Jet okay. opened. And then I um, became a partner in jackcolton.com right when I was about to leave Light Group. So I actually was doing that. So I wasn't like not working during those, that time. I was working, but my deal with Jack Colton was just that I was gonna get um, 50% of whatever new accounts got brought in. Okay. So that was the deal I had. I joined him as a partner. We worked on expanding and growing the, the business. And then um, we actually sold the company in 2014. Wow, great. Yeah. So uh, Colton was just, you know, him and I are really creative together. Uh, a lot of these industry parties, I have to give him credit for too, because it was the two of us came up came up with the parties together. So that Jack Colton Awards was yeah. like a, So the was DJ like Awards a- were the only thing we ever fought about. Colton and I got in the biggest fight over this fucking DJ Awards. Really? I'm sorry, like, I love DJs These to D- death, but you guys, like, took it way too seriously. I, I always thought, I, I, be like, fighting for the I never really gave a shit because I just yeah. didn't know who I, the fuck Jack Colton was, and I was like, why the fuck do you guys care <laughs> About what Jack Colton <laughs> were you ever saying? Or went? Did you ever? I went? don't know. I think it was, it was so many people was upset. You was a little upset. Everyone I was, was never upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you came up to me. You're like, man, look at these nominated. <laughs> it was just like that. I might have said yeah. that, but yeah. <laughs> I've been crushing the crook. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he would just be like, yeah, look at this shit. What is this shit? Like, come I on. Just, just there's. I remember the drama that went around those awards was like times 10 of any other awards we ever yeah. did. So like, I just, Colton afterwards, like we're never doing the DJ awards again. <laughs> really? So you stopped But y'all did it for a couple of years. So. Yeah, and every year he was like, we'd end up doing it again. Cause I'm like, well, hell, we have to do it again. Cause we need a party at the bank on Sunday. Like, you know, come on. And like, okay. And then he'd be like. It was like the baseball cards you got upset over. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> that was different though. That was different. <laughs> yeah, that was different. That was different. Uh, I didn't know who Jack Colton was. Yeah. Las Vegas Weekly, I was just like, you know, that's a that's publication private. in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, no, Colton's a legend. He's yeah. he's just, he's such a great guy too. He really is. Wait, so so he was kind of behind the the a little bit of Blackout artist? Like he helped? So um, he actually did help me. So Blackout, uh, since I was partners with Colton at the time in the website, we were kind of also partners in Blackout. So he was an original partner in that, but I would, I would say, um, you know, and we use the jackcolton.com site to help launch black artists too. Cause the site had a lot of traffic at the time. Right. Um, but I would say probably the original two that really helped launch blackout was icon and karma. So we were, um, we were all partners in the beginning. In so, black artists. so like you're, you're launching this agency, right? In mm-hmm. the early 2010s, you know, 2000, you, 
2013, end of 2012, 2013. Yeah, 2000, like yeah. early 2010. Yeah. So what are you what are you cold calling? Are you cold calling venues? Uh, how are you get how are you gathering contacts? What yeah. did you do? Your because this is kind of like maybe yeah. I mean the internet was out right. Social media was just yeah. starting. Yeah. Like how yeah, are you gathering right. all the contacts and all the venues and then you're cold calling them. You're saying oh this is the guy from these these are the guys that DJ Bank yeah. Sundays. You have you ever been? Yeah, I've been. Well, those are the guys and then and that's how you're selling them. So I, much. yeah, I remember originally I printed out a roster. Uh-huh. I made I had a graphic designer make a roster of everybody and I printed it out and I set up a meeting with every single nightclub in Vegas and I went to these meetings with the people who do the bookings. And that was what I did first in this city. And then um, I remember the first real gig. And did, I, and did most of them know you already? Probably. Yeah, everyone knew me. It was just, right. I was just introducing them to something new that I'm doing. Okay. And then um, I know, obviously I have to say, like Andy gave me a big opportunity. Um, he was like, let's have Blackout do. I think he gave me Bank Sundays back i think being sundays i had left i've been gone for a year there were some other djs in there i think actually maybe dj5 was in there at the time right and then andy was like I'll, I'll give you bank sundays you can put your djs here every week um but i also want you helping promote and come up with some cool parties and events at the same time so um without with bank sundays we were able to put blackout the logo and everything all over the marketing and um that that like kinda, billboards and yeah and bi- we had billboards and that helped you know get get attention and and um, from there, I just, if I knew people in other markets and other club owners, I was just like, Hey, I have this roster of DJs. So let's get them through. And, um, it probably took a good, a good year for it to take off. And you was honest. doing all this by yourself, right? Or did you have help? I think Colton came to a couple of the meetings with me, mm-hmm. the ones that were here in Vegas, but, um, most of the outreach I was doing myself in the marketing. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with you to join Blackout Artists. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And, and what year was this? 15, 14? You know what? This is a year before I joined Scam, so it had to be like maybe 14, 13 or 14. To tell you no? Who reached out first? You know, you know what? I, I asked, at the time, I was, um, we had, me and you had new, and I had to like kind of rebrand myself after Jet closed. Uh-huh. I couldn't find work, so I had to like kind of rebrand myself. So I started getting getting gigs and stuff, but it was I was juggling being that new and booking and keeping track of my gigs. So I talked to Karma. I was like, hey, Karma, is it possible I could join Blackout Artists? Can you get me a meeting with Kalika? And he made it happen. And we had a meeting at um, Fitz mm. before Bank Sunday. It was, a, it was a Fitz. Sunday. Y'all had a dinner. Huh? Mm. What was Fitz? Fitz was a... Was it the restaurant? Fitz, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, and we had a meeting that Sunday and... Yeah, we had a meeting and you never called me back. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, maybe. I'm, maybe I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so okay, what, I'm gonna tell wait, you, wait, if I didn't call about? you back, what's that? It's all because about? it's, listen, I have really bad ADD uh-huh. and I'm really kind of scatterbrained and all over the place. And I feel like people take that personally sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's more just me probably just forgetting. forgetting or thinking of another million things that came up between the time we met and I was supposed to call you, but <laughs> um, it's, not, it's nothing personal at all. Since I didn't get that call back, it kind of motivated me. I was like, you know what? Oh, they don't want me, so I got to... <laughs> I gotta oh, get you know better. What? I gotta I'm, get better. I'm gonna so, tell you all you probably would have had to do was shoot me and follow up. Be like, hey, oh, don't forget about man, me. So it was up. me because I didn't follow up. That was the year he wasn't nominated for Jack Cole. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's so. It was a bad year for never. <laughs> no blackout yeah. artist, no Jack no Colton nominee. Cole. That was the worst year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that's when you hit me for scam, right? I never hit you for scam. 
What did I do? Because I never, you know what? I, I never went to ask you. For, Father. Oh, I said, do you want to get into scam? Yeah. And then he was like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then from there. Was Finally, you asked. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to take me. Never. No, I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask you for that. I just, like, I just think never and I come from a, a, a generation where we don't ask people for shit. Exactly. Yeah. Because even when I was like, I think I left the light group when you were kind of really getting started with them. So uh, when did you, you were a light group when, when you first came from New York? 2000, I came in 2005, but I kind of left end of 2007. So like right before. And where did you go then? Well, I was, I couldn't work in Vegas for a year because I left. I had a non-compete. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Because I was, I was supposed to go to Tao and they were supposed to give me Tao Saturdays because I think Vice was leaving to go to Pure or something was, what was something was happening. So they were worried about their Saturdays. Okay. So I was going to go to Tao on Saturdays. And then I left Light Group, and then Tao said, oh, you have a non-compete? We don't want to fuck with that. So, like, come come to us after a year. But during that year, I think that's when the bank and everything was, like, kind of blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, like, uh, I wasn't, I was, like, not a part of that. But not once did I ever go to him or Five or anyone that was in my circle, and I said, can you get me a gig? Yeah. I literally would, like, I think our generation is, like, we're just going to yeah. fucking... Figure this shit out. And yeah. we're from New York also. So it's just yeah. kind of like pride. But I never, like, I, like yeah. I never, I was like, I was like going out of town every week. I was going to like Kansas City. I was going to like Milwaukee. I was like going to all these cities. The, I mean, Milwaukee's dope the, and the Kansas Chitlin, City's dope. The Chitlin circuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was doing, I was in like Omaha. Like, yeah. I was in like Omaha. I was in Idaho. Like I was doing everything. DJ. Yeah. yeah. Every that. weekend, mm-hmm. like it was like crazy. Yeah. But I never once was like, yo, Nev, hook me up or anything. But you know, I also think on the flip side of that, back then DJs were more willing to help each other give a hand up too. Like I remember a lot of DJs would help DJs get into certain yeah. clubs in certain places, you know, and it was a lot more of this like commodity. And now I feel like it gets competitive. Well, everything was a cosign then. And yeah. you know what? Surprisingly, it's still like that now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of things are, you know, about a cosign. Yeah. But I think back yeah. then it took a lot to be a DJ, right? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of sacrifice. Like before Serato, you had to collect records, you know, it was expensive. It wasn't glamorous, you know what I'm long saying? Long sets. Long sets. Did I see fucking, yeah. all right, bitch for a second here. I book these EDM DJs too. <laughs> <laughs> and like it used to be like two hour set. Okay. Then it's like 90 minutes. Now I'm like seeing like motherfuckers or the, oh, we're, we'll play 75 minutes, 60 minutes. Like, they're clock DJs, like, bro. When, when, like, when did this happen? Like, what, when did it, why is it so hard to play two hour DJ set? Because they're yeah. not DJs, right? They're it's producers. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. But still, like, you're getting the amount of money you're getting paid to play, play two hours and shop about it. Wait, so, like, on average, what are you paying an EDM DJ for an hour? It just it just depends on the DJ, you know. I mean, these DJs are anywhere from, you know, they have a name and they move some tickets. I would say, Seventy five hundred up to some of these years are for like five hundred grand now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or seventy five thousand or seventy five hundred. Like the low end for a DJ that moves. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, seventy five hundred. That's what she said. That's what I was oh, like, okay, for like a DJ that's going to sell tickets. Like there's yeah, there's DJs out there for thirty five hundred, five grand, but you don't really see them moving tickets, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're just just up and coming and they've got like that like you know that buzz that, yeah kind of that buzz behind them the, like the, the the hardcore followers but. so like you're doing I, I heard a rumor about Blackout when it was popping when you guys there was these rumors right because okay. everyone talks shit you know of course everyone talks shit especially if you're <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially if you're doing well everyone's gonna talk shit right so 
like at the time I remember everyone was talking like some there were people talking shit and mm-hmm. the biggest thing was that Blackout Artist was the biggest undercutters like you guys undercut everybody so you came in and it was like so that's what that was the rumor yeah. that you came in and like dropped the price down and like well my DJ will do half or something like that because like they would come to me and they would say be like fucking blackout you know they coming in I used to hear it also yeah yeah oh, it was really? just one of those rumors <laughs> that you guys would like undercut I like, I never take less than for a DJ um, I think in back then in 2012 and 13 it was like so they were just it. talking shit is it. Just hate, yeah, I think talking shit. I, I don't. I mean, obviously, I want my DJs to make as much money as possible. Because I'm gonna make more money. Like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to well, I, I think, have someone show up and work and not get paid much for it. But I, and I, think, I hate undercutters yeah. too. I think. I, I think their thinking the was that you yeah. to get your foot in the door, that you had to say like they'll do it for you know. Whatever, no, I you know? never undercut it. What I did do though was offered marketing assistance, mm. which you know some of these other agencies couldn't do. Ooh, and that's just that's because smart. I had the contacts in Vegas. I had uh, databases through jackgolton.com. I had a database through Black Artists. I had a lot of local industry contacts too. So I could say, hey, book this DJ and you're going to get the DJ to show up. And I'm sure they'll do a fine job, but you can book my DJ. And I'm also going to you know, promote it on all these different outlets and, and get some tables and get some marketing behind the event. So yeah, yeah. I think that was a big, a, you know, a big draw, like Kara, I guess, dangled to some of these clubs that were, you know, they're like, okay, well, I'll get a good DJ, but I'm also going to get a lot of marketing support that I wouldn't have otherwise. Do you, do you enjoy working with these DJs? Like, I, <laughs> are you over it yet? It's been 10 years, Khalid. I just don't like, when I think of like, people come to me and they're like, crook, you know, like I give people like advice. Like mm-hmm. I have young DJs call me all the time. And they're like, you should start an agency. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with you guys. You know what I mean? Like, you're the fucking last fucking people I want to deal with complaining about your name isn't big enough on a flyer. Or why did they use that picture on a flyer? Or just some stupid shit that I have to fucking deal with some ego shit. You know, like, I don't want to deal with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is, I kind of actually, I changed the model of Blackout in 2020. the so, pre-pandemic or right before the pandemic hit. Wow, okay. So I changed it because kind of for this reason, um, I, I, I obviously started blackout cause I want to help my friends. I, I saw a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the, all the right reasons were there for wanting to start the agency. Um, but then, you know, as the agency grows and, you know, DJs start working more, they kind of become a little bit more dependent on the agency. Right. So how I kind of thought of it is like, I already have two kids. I have myself story about like right. the last thing I care about is a DJ texting me like, why do I have to open Saturdays in May? <laughs> you know, like go, go find two open go find two gigs. in. I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like don't depend on me to fill your schedule all the time. Like I will do the best I can. I will reach out to, well, you get that, you contacts. get those call like April's looking a little light. What's yeah. going on? Oh, I can tell <laughs> you every time DJ shift posts, <laughs> I love shift to death, but every time he posts his little lineup, his a monthly calendar. Like calendar every, every day I'm gonna get, I know I'm gonna get five calls. <laughs> when they see that shit. <laughs> yeah, why shift so heavy? Yeah, DJs are promoting stuff. Yeah. DJ, so DJs are such fucking, you know. Divas. Prima donnas. No, you know what they are? They're kind of like, um, if you're eating more than them, they could have like a table that, of like table of like. Everyone's feasting. but Everyone's like, feasting. But if you have like just one des- extra dessert on, on your table, yeah. Yeah. they'll look at you like. That extra biscuit. They'll let yeah. he, he got a it dessert. Like, and that's why, the right? thing. It's, listen, I'm, I love DJs. So I'm not trying to, but I'm just saying like, you know, a DJ will want to play at 11 Miami. And they'll be 
why am I not at 11? Why am I not at 11? Can you get me to 11? Mm. So then you'll work really hard and you finally get them into 11, okay? And then they play 11. Okay, well, when am I going back to 11? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, it's never you enough. Get, so you get them back and like, okay, well, when am I going to go to this city? It's, it's always something new and I don't blame them. It's never you know? enough. Yeah, I don't it's blame them. It's, I don't blame them. And then there's also this fine line between it I'm not working enough and them working too much. I've also gotten complaints on the other side. I'm tired. When schedules are too crazy. Wow. Yeah. And like, okay, well, I'm working too much in this month or, you know, it's, it's, I need a higher rate really? because I'm tired or I'm this and this, you know, there's, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's just, it's, there's always, it's, you can't always make a person happy. And it's not just DJs. I think this is just human nature. No, it's DJs. But, <laughs> DJ. Never, but, um, never is the floor that someone would. I know we complain about working a lot. It's like, come on, you should be happy. You're working. I've, 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 <laughs> never, never will work three shifts a night and it's like 15 no, it's, hours. It's a good work ethic if you can would, have that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when never was doing pools and, and the, club i was like damn how the fuck is this and a podcast yeah and a podcast too <laughs> yeah. in between the gigs i was like shit this motherfucker's a machine i remember at like when i went when it was like it was just i was trying to get out of town gigs so i was like i don't want to work here on a saturday and they're like that's impossible and i was like i'll do jet monday i'll do jet friday i'll do light on a sunday and they're like you got to work a saturday somewhere i'm like why and you want to work Saturday? Huh? You just want to work Saturday? Well, Saturdays, I just wanted to go out of town. Oh, so okay. I wanted to oh, yeah, do yeah, like yeah. Miami yeah. or San Diego, yeah. but I would fly back. But it was a big fucking deal that I, I didn't want, you know. At was the that time. because you would double your rate or? Yeah. Okay. I would get like, you know, or it was just like, it was at that time, it was like yeah. Saturdays, you go out of town. Like, yeah. it was just a big fucking it's, it's, deal. It's a big night. Yeah. No, and I definitely, I mean, listen, I admire what you guys do. I could never stand there for four hours and play music <laughs> i just it's gotta well be not hard. anymore but yeah back then you know mm-hmm. i just it's i i watched what you guys do and you know just everyone yelling in your ear to do this and change this and play that song and you know you're working on the fly and and it's you know it's it's, it's a lot that you guys get thrown at you so and then you know the traveling the late nights the drinking like it's yeah, yeah. but also yeah. shut yeah. The, shut the fuck up like you <laughs> leave me alone sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's no, the, is that the hardest part of your job pretty much? So what I was getting to is so in 2020, I changed the business model to, you know, I felt like DJs um, were becoming kind of dependent on their right. schedules from what from me filling their schedules. And I didn't like that kind of pressure. So um, I changed it to now it's Blackhouse, a non-exclusive agency. So I just am here to kind of help fill the schedules. Right, right. But I'm not. I You're just tell, a booking agency. Yeah, yeah, I tell I tell every DJ that I work with to go. Please work with everyone. They can work with Suja if they want. They can work with any agency with Eddie. Um, please, I do not want to hold anyone back from work at all, and I will not take any commission off anything I don't book. I I only eat what I kill. Do you think that's, that's the future or no? I I I think that's the way it should be. I don't like it really like it see how you know and i felt even feel guilty too like why am i taking money out of these guys pockets when they got themselves this gig so if a dj gets their own gig like i don't doesn't really make sense for me to be taking a commission off of it that's kind of how i always always felt you know i think maybe if like the agency was really helping propel the career of the dj it makes sense like some of these bigger like wme will bring on a dj and put them under you know one of their bigger acts and then they get the DJ from going from like, you know, $1,000 a night to 5K to 25K to their, their music's on the radio and they have this mm-hmm. whole team behind them. Mm-hmm. Then now I get now your belongs to that agency and that agency is going to take a 15% commission off everything. Right. But otherwise for like these open format agencies, I just, 
it just wasn't really making much sense to me to be taking out of their pocket for something that I didn't help. You're also limiting the opportunities you're having to like work with other people and book other people, right? At the same time? Or does that not interest um, you at all? No, I love working with other people too. So that's when I... You because know, you would book me and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm on, I, at the time I would be on scam or whatever, but I, I remember you would give me bookings and I'm like, she's... She, you know, she owns Blackout. Why is she well, sending me bookings? Well, at the t- <laughs> well, at the time, at one point, Blackout and Scam was yeah. a joint. We, we, joint we were, yeah. we were, we got a divorce in 2019. Yeah, but she was still looking. <laughs> she was still looking. I love Sweetest Death. That's what that's what we called it. We were like, you know, sometimes you go what, into business. It didn't with work out. It just doesn't work out. But that's but we. It was it's fine. Yeah. I love Sweetest Death to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we uh, we merged in 2016, and then we just separated. Wait, why did you guys merge? Um, I think at the time I was in a stagnant place with blackout. Um, and I was kind of just seeing where then I could take it to like another level. Um, I think I wanted some help with some infrastructure and I was kind of venting to Suja one day about it actually. And then he was like, well, why don't you come fly to LA and let's have a chat. So that's basically what I did. And he's like, well, why don't you, um, he's like, how much do you make a year in commissions? And I told him, he's like, okay, well I'll pay you that in a salary. Plus I'll give you an assistant. Plus we're going to handle your invoicing. And I was like, okay, this sounds like great, like a great deal. So that's basically what we did. And then that was for about two and a half years. And then I think we just got in a fight one day over something <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and we're like, we can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how it ended. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, we're fine now. We're great. But it's just yeah. sometimes things work out in businesses. Being business with someone's a lot about being like being in a relationship or being married. I feel like it's just, I, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. What was the infrastructure problem you had? Was it? Um, I think I just, feel like payroll is a big deal, right? Yeah, that's a big deal. Keeping track of all of the invoicing, invoicing who's, right? You know, still owes money. The travel. There's just a lot of you know logistics. There's a lot of too. bookkeeping. Yeah. There's a lot of also like if you're working in Cali, you got to pay Cali tax. There's all this accounting yeah. and all of this yeah. shit involved, right? Mm-hmm. And were you and you were you just kind of all handling this by yourself or did uh, you? Yeah, I was handling it by myself. Yeah, that's and, so much. Yeah. That's a lot. Now, yeah. now I handle it by myself again. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes with full circle. Oh wow! But, so yeah, I mean, scam like uh, scam artists is they're pretty uh, yeah they're pretty good with the payroll and invoicing and stuff like that. Yeah, so that, yeah that's they're great. How, he's definitely got his infrastructure down. Like right. he's there's so many things that Sujit and Scam does that this is like admirable and mm-hmm. you know that's why he's been able to like expand on the level that he is. And I feel like I probably haven't been able to expand on much more than I've always had maybe ten DJs at the most. Mm-hmm. You know. So but, I have a question. When um, you guys separated, did some of the blackout artists stay on Scam? Uh, a couple did. They did? Yeah, Kyle Flesh and Wellman stayed with Scam. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing, they're doing well. And was I there every, any, I, any animosity? It was like, why no. are you... No, I gave everyone an option. I was just like, you know, and I almost felt like I was jerking the DJs around because I was like, you know, in 2016, I called them like, hey, we're going to join Scam. And some of them were like, oh, this is great. And some were like, okay, we'll see, you know. And then all of a sudden I'm like, never mind, we're separating. And, you know, so I, I felt like, I, if they wanted to stay, they're happy and comfortable. It really like, was like a marriage, and you bring yeah. your kids in. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was. It We're was like that. The baby bunch. Like, don't get the kids to like take a side. You know. Some of them were like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a dad now. Like, Suji's <laughs> gonna be my dad." I'm, and someone's I'm, like, "I don't want Suji to be my dad. I'm staying with daddy." <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> oh my god you guys it was exactly like that it was like that right? <laughs> <laughs> no it's gonna be okay we're gonna be a big family now yeah. you know <laughs> yes, yes and i'm sure you guys were kind of like oh we have like these brothers now <laughs> i mean it's mostly like look karma icon all those guys they're just yeah. like they're homies so yeah, if they yeah. joined we were just kind of like what you know every dj on an agency when someone new joins the only thing they think about and worry about is 
am I going to lose my gigs? Like, yeah. am I, is yeah. this guy going to start taking my gigs away? Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, and at that point, you, you know, when it's the homies, it's just kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is, this the works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel yeah. like everybody was on scam was pretty welcoming when we did the, that. Murder. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't feel like it was. Yeah. I completely forgot about uh, that, that merger. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 It was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was rumors that you guys were killing it so hard that it was his way of getting the competition out of. Uh, Monopolizing. Uh, you know? Oh, uh, I yeah. didn't really feel that way. But, <laughs> no. But it could have been like get, to get you guys <laughs> off the market and control like the yeah. enemy, right? Just keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Like, kind of <laughs> two and a half years, you know, then divorce. Like if, if if you guys were running loose independently, and if now you're under his umbrella, mm-hmm. he can control. He can marginalize, or he can, you know, at least he has control of what's going on. Yeah. Right to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think um, he was pretty good about letting me kind of do my own thing, blackout, mm-hmm. and not making many changes. Um, we just, at the end of the day, just saw things a little bit differently when it came to business. So, right, right, right. nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know Suji. You don't have to say anymore. Yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> we know Kalika. We know. Well, I want to also talk about because even when you know Scam and Blackout weren't merged, you were still looking out for me with certain gigs. Well, I've and always you thought you were a great DJ. You were my favorite DJ, Crooked. Oh, no. Well, you oh, really are. I, 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 pitch, I pitch you everywhere. Yeah. Every account that I do. No, so. no I, I appreciate it. And I, it was just one of those things that I was asking because it's like you, you always looked out for me and I was just like, and I appreciated it because I was just like, yo, like I'm not blackout artist and I'm not well, you know, on her roster. I look out know? for DJs that I... Listen, at the end of the day, the clubs that I book for yeah. are my clients and I got to make these clients happy. So I want to send a DJ into these venues that I know are going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to send a DJ in because he's got X amount of social media followers or, you know, because he's trending or whatever. The reason people book DJs, like the reason I book a DJ is because I know they're going to go in and do a good job. And, you know, I, I always kind of struggle with this with a lot of the venues too. We don't see eye to eye on things, you know, when venues expect, venues will book a DJ and expect them to bring a lot of people or expect them to um, do marketing or, and I'm always, my thing is it's not a DJ's job to fill your club. It's a DJ's job to make the people that are in that club stay. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking to book a DJ, I'm like, who am I going to get that's going to make every single person in this club dance, have fun, and they're going to stay and say, oh, the music was fucking great. And that's all I care about. Right, right. So you're one of those DJs. I mean, that's why I like booking you. No, but I, I wanted to, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I guess my question is also, you know, where where blackout artist has evolved to now and you kind of like working with guys like me and booking guys like me did you just start seeing i feel like the the market shifted right to where the venues are working with venues more for convenience right because they don't want to deal with five different agencies anymore that's yeah so like what i was doing at park was i was the entertainment director and i was in charge of all the programming right i think what i'm doing for summer club is summer it's what um I was doing for Greenlight Social when you were out there. I mm-hmm. do the programming for Summit. So, um, is this Park San Diego, right? Yeah, it was a huge club, huge yeah. club out there. Yeah. So when I have a, a programming account, that's where you know I'm not just going to put blackout DJs in there because I manage blackout DJs. I usually have a separate deal worked out at the venue where they're paying me a monthly retainer, or they're paying me a commission on top of whatever it is that I book a DJ at. So mm-hmm. you know, then that gives me the freedom to just work with whoever you know I want to work with. And, and put, you know, the best guys in there. Right. Damn. Are you still working with Park? I stopped working with Park during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of shifted into festivals. 
for a while and I'm still doing festival stuff. Yeah, you did, now. you launched a blended festival, right? I did blended for, yeah, we did uh, three in 2021 and one last year. Right. Kind of ended disastrous. I, I heard about it, but let's talk about 2021, right? Mm-hmm. You did three cities. Yep. It was San Diego. Was it Austin or? We did Nashville, Austin Nashville. and San Diego. Nashville, Austin, and San Diego. Yeah. And it it was great. I mean, how was the great. festival? How was it organizing the festival? Because I heard it's like there's so much expenses. There's so it's, much work. It's crazy. That it's like crazy. you're lucky if you break even, right? You are lucky if you break even. It's right. cr- I've never seen someone just demanding, I need $5,000 for this and ten grand for that. And as soon as you say the power festival, bill, it's 65 right? grand. It's like, it's just... Yeah the thousands of dollars that get like thrown at you from this invoice and that yeah. invoice. It's, it's crazy. As how soon as you send an on. email with festival on it, yeah, that like, rate just goes up. For yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not just the talent. It's everything. It's the tents. It's the fencing. It's, you know, like, like it's the power, the, any of the infrastructure, like all of the stage, the, the led wall, like all this stuff is just like thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. And mm-hmm. it all, mm-hmm. it all adds up, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I had a great time doing blended, in 2021, unfortunately, um, I mean, the story's out there, so <laughs> I, can, I can talk about it here. We yeah. had a, a CEO that was just very dishonest uh, from my wine society and uh, wasn't truthful about uh, the finances. Um, he was the only one in control of all the money and basically kind of financially ran into the ground, just mismanaged everything. And, and this, then, was, this was last year, the second year. The second year, yeah. So we had a really bad luck with weather in Nashville and got rained out the first day and then a thunder and lightning storm came the second day and we evacu- had to evacuate the whole festival as Sick Kick was playing 30 minutes before Chainsmokers goes on. Wow. <laughs> we had to evacuate the entire thing because the lightning. Uh, the CEO had declined weather insurance so we didn't have any kind of oh my God. insurance Dang. to pay for it. Um, and then, you know, he basically just disappeared after that festival. Oh, Went completely MIA, deleted social media, deleted all of our emails. We were all left unpaid we were all left with no answers Mm. um it was really bad for a couple of months and then um you know but shit happens and you just have to kind of dust yourself up and or dust yourself off and get back up and figure out what the next thing is so yeah i I saw like the rumors and i saw you made an announcement and there was like there was like theft i know there was like something about theft and all of this shit. And yeah, and- I don't know if it was theft or it was just really poor management of money. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he did take in a lot of money from investors. There was a lot of vendors that um, he had said he was going to pay or he, that he had paid that I found out didn't get paid. Right. Um, you know, all of us were basically working on, um, on our, our pay was supposed to be like after the festival. So, you know, we had worked for what, that like six, seven months, those seven months from the beginning of 2022 for free, (laughs) you know, a lot of us had put personal expenses on our credit cards uh, that we didn't get reimbursed for. What a disaster. So yeah, it was, it really was. And you know that it sucks, but it also just kind of, I like to think of it was a very expensive education for me. So, you know, I'm working on some new festivals now coming up and I know exactly what not to do. Right. Something coming up with Nelly, right? Yes. So, Nelly, so yeah, I'm very close with Nelly's team and they are doing a festival in Toronto and they called me um, about a month ago and we're like, hey, we're like, we're doing this festival in Toronto and, um, you know, we're not festival people. So we need someone to kind of come represent our, our, our team, our side of it and work with the on the ground uh, producers in Toronto to, to bring this to life and do you want the job? So it was awesome. It's a great opportunity. And I said, yeah, I can do it, but I need to bring a couple of my team members on. And he mm-hmm. said, cool. So I brought uh, my partner, Christy Rumsey in with 
the new company I have, Blackout Live, which is essentially just for this kind of stuff to mm-hmm. produce festivals, events, to book talent that's not a DJ per se. So um, I brought Christy on, I brought my graphic designer on, we brought our social media girl on, and then we got to work. So that's gonna be in June. It's literally like decade, like a decade worth of resources and contacts that you've collected that to, that lit, that's led you to this point, right? Kind mm-hmm. of. And all the experience, all the disasters, right? All the lessons. <laughs> you and have I, to have those lessons. You have to have, have it to, to lead you to where you are right yeah. now, which sounds like a really perfect journey. And it sounds like there's so much more freedom for you where you're not tied to like one thing and you have the option to like kind of um, just like nourish all these different projects, mm-hmm. right? Throughout yeah. the year. It's it's fun. So I started Blackout Live in the beginning. Like I said, I had to come up, I had to figure out something after this festival, after yeah. Blended. I was like, I can't just. So Blended is done though, right? Blended's done. And like, done. I, I, gotta, I gotta figure something else out. So um, Blackout Live, essentially, it was, I had a company called iParty Inc. Um, for years prior. And iParty was what did the park account. Um, it's what did the New York account. Um, I booked a lot of stuff for New Atlantic City. And mm-hmm. um, I've actually, iParty's probably done talent buying and bookings for almost every nightclub around, like big wow. nightclub around at one point in time. So um, I, but it was just always like the company that, it was more like people like, oh, call Kalika to book somebody. You know, it wasn't like call iParty. It was just me. And then that was the LLC that I was using. So I decided to essentially just dissolve that and then start Blackout Live as a arm of Blackout Artists, just a different division of it that does um, festival consulting, uh, talent buying for like bigger acts. Um, Are you doing this with um, DJ Silver, right? Silver is a partner in this. Yes. Silver, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we do actually do a lot of country bookings mm-hmm. and that's uh, where Silver and I really um, work well, well as a team because, you know, I have the relationship with all of the agents and I can, you know, get availabilities and get offers submitted and then Silver knows all the artists. So mm. he'll basically, you know, we'll have an offer in for, we have like low cash this Sunday in Atlantic City. Like we'll put an offer in for low cash through WME and Silver will hit the guys on the back end and be like, hey, we got an offer in for WME for low for, for you guys. Can you, can you accept it? And then you know, they'll take it. So um, that's, uh, so Silver also start, came on as a partner in Blackout Artists in 2020 when I did the re, the rebranding um, too. And he's just awesome. I know he was on your guys' show yeah. not mm-hmm. so long ago, but it's, uh, we just, we work so well together mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really, really lucky to have him on the team. Yeah, he seems on it. He seems yeah. like yeah. he's on it. He's so on it. Yeah. And he, he knows everyone. He's just such a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's so great at what he does. He has, he has a DJ with a really great business sense too, which is, you know, don't. And he's super personable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. He's just a great host. He texts me, he's like, I know yeah. you're going to have the queen on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's too probably. nice to me. Silver's too nice to me sometimes. Like, he, like, oh, he's the nicest guy like, in the world. Yeah. Like, okay, guy. Silver, I'm not that great. <laughs> <laughs> the queen, yeah, I love her. I'm like, was it, was he, he has inv- a good way of making people feel good about themselves, for sure. Was yeah. he involved with Blackout Artist, the agency, before at all? Um, so in 2020, I decided, I've always been a huge fan of country music. Yeah. And I really see an opportunity to get um, some country crossover um, music playing in the nightclubs. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's uh, you know, especially now you have like Morgan Wallen and uh, Walker Hayes and some of these, you know, Blanco Brown, they, they have their music is very kind of poppy mm-hmm. and these tracks are being played in clubs. So, um, and there's so many country music fans out there too that you know, I, I know when I hear Sam Hunt House Party played in the club, I fucking stand up and I'm going, yeah. I'm so excited. So. <laughs> She's country. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So 
Um, and then some of these DJs are touring now with the bigger artists too. So, you know, Silver, he had this thing called Country Club DJs. It was a roster that he had of, of just some country DJs that he could put in place when he can't work because Silver is mm -hmm. so busy. Mm -hmm. He's touring with Aldine. He's um, got his residency here in Vegas. He's, you know, anytime anybody, any venue wants any kind of a country DJ, he is the go-to. And there's only so many gigs he can take. Right. Mm -hmm. So he started the country club roster DJs to basically be able to pass off all the gigs to other DJs when he couldn't take it himself. So I kind of saw what he was doing with that and we were good friends. And I was just like, well, hey, how about we like, to you take that roster and we make out we make a blackout nashville um roster a subsidiary of blackout artists basically right. so we started that in 2020 we put a ton of marketing behind it um and promotion and then the pandemic happened and that all got yeah. shut down but it was actually kind of crazy because before the pandemic happened the the djs we had most booked out of all we had a, of all the genres were these country guys right mm -hmm. and now it's um it's getting that way again this i feel like um, is this i mean you guys still have it is it slowly uh, yeah, like so re relaunching yeah so we have a lot of these djs are playing i mean they're playing the country music festivals or wow. touring with some of these country artists there's a lot of clubs now they're trying to do country nights and they're yeah. trying to pair djs um with it so they're getting booked and yeah you're it's doing a, off. you're doing a lot right now it seems like a lot yeah you don't think you're overextended at all or do you have like an assistant do you have some like a, a someone to help you with any of this shit so and you and you're raising two kids yep here's how i, I see it this is how i have blackout <laughs> Kalika, we have to we have to talk this sounds like a lot so i i'm good at passing balls that's what i like to say so uh -huh. you know i i'll take in a lot of stuff and then i'll find someone to work with uh, per project basis and that's essentially yeah. what blackout live is i don't have you know, they're not employees. Anyone that I have listed on there to, that handles marketing, that handles social media, that handles um, the, the country music division or whatever it is, they're not like an employee at Blackout Life. It's a, it's a partnership I have with these people. So, right. mm -hmm. you know, when I have a project come in, I, I don't do all the work myself. I'll find someone to, to take a bulk of it, you know, mm. and I'll pay them half of whatever I'm being offered to, to work on this project. Got it, got it. So I, I do have a great team. I wouldn't say... But, but it's not like a team that's on payroll. It's like all like per project basis. Yeah, mm -hmm. because like I, I've I've you know I've owned a couple businesses and I've yeah. hired people and it does seem now in the climate of the way America is and the world is, it's impossible to have a payroll of people. People want their freedom. It is. It is. Right. It's you're like right. If, you're 100 percent right. I, you know, the, people come to me and you know I had a clothing brand and they're like relaunch it and this whole time. I've been thinking, how do I relaunch it without hire, like hiring people where people have ownership in the company and they're going to kind of work for themselves at their leisure, but get the job done. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's really the climate of how, how the future of working is going to be, where everyone's kind of an independent contractor yep. doing what they like to do. Yep. And they're at their own, yeah, mm -hmm. at their own time, and the whole nine to five thing is kind of out the window uh, yep. to a certain extent. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, that's right. exactly what you're doing, right? I mean, you you kind of have that sense. That's it's, it's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. no one's uh, works for me. You know, mm -hmm. we're all just partners on whatever project it is that we're working on right. together. And you know, they have their responsibilities and their checklists, and I have my responsibilities and my checklists, and we'll check in with one another. Did you get this done? Did you get that done? And mm -hmm. I guess I just pass balls back and forth until something gets executed right <laughs> so 
that's that's what we're we're doing right now. And when you work yep. that way, usually people want to work more. They're like, yep. when's the next project? Exactly. Whereas yeah. when you hire somebody, they're nervous saying like, oh. when's the next project? Yeah. Right. No, and I'm, I'm very fair. Like, I'll, I'm I'm a very transparent person. So right. you know, if somebody's like, okay, we we need you to do this project, and we're going to pay you ten grand, or you know, book this DJ, and you get a ten percent commission, and it's like six grand, and I don't want to do it all myself. I'll I'll call the person. And I'll be like, hey, can you help me program this club and with these EDM DJs? And they have a sixty thousand dollar budget. We're going to make you know six grand off of it, and I'll split that with you 50-50. And then they get to work, and I get to work, and we get it done. So, so you know be, um, I got a question. Before the pandemic, didn't you start a blackout artist East Coast? So we did. That was part of it. So before it's like the pandemic, right here. It's it like, was. Yeah. It was <laughs> we had Blackout Nashville, Blackout New York, Blackout Vegas. These yeah. are the three rosters we had for Blackout. And then, like I said, both what I do with a partnership. You know, I had Silver running the Blackout Nashville division. I had this guy JP in New York who assembled the New York DJs and was to run with that. And then I was going to handle the the Vegas uh, branch. And then, by the way, that New York lineup was sick that you had. <laughs> The, what? The, the New York lineup for blackout artists. It, 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 it was wait, wait, what crazy. was it? What was it? Big Ben. Oh, Big Ben. Ooh. DJ Riz. Riz. Yeah. Riz. It was it was dope. How did you get in contact with Big Ben? So that Riz. was uh JP, my friend out in New York. Got he it. put the roster together and he was gonna take ownership of that part and and run with it. And I mean the pandemic happened and things just shut down for two years and then we just when we relaunched, we just oh, yeah, never really people were talking shit. They were like not in a bad way. They were like, Oh yeah. shit, this 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 looks official. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we had really good momentum going before I was going into by far the busiest year of blackout when we had to cancel everything because of the pandemic. I feel like so. everybody has some good shit lined up for that year, yeah. bro. It was it was it was it was, it was it was yeah. moving fast. It, yeah. it really just forces companies and people to like uh, just to kind of adapt, right? Mm -hmm. Just to kind of go back and, and figure out how they can adapt. Either expand or downsize. That downsize. was the real big thing yeah. uh, with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That, uh, you know, some people were able to adjust and some weren't. You know, even DJs. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was crazy just how that, how that happened. I, I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me that really enjoyed 2020. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the break, right? The break, because you know now, especially you with two kids. Like, imagine you had all that time with them, probably. You know, how, how did yeah. that feel? You know, it was good. What felt great was being able to go to the lake on a Monday afternoon and not have to worry about my phone. Right. No mm -hmm. one's fucking emailing me. No one's calling me. No one's like, you know, it's you can't have that in life now. You know, unless you just quit working altogether. So it's just, um, you know, we're in an era now where everyone's accessible all the time. Either it's from your phone, your email, your DMs. Like, you you know, no one really has a break. And I felt like during 2020, we all really had an opportunity to just have that break where we could focus on doing something for ourselves or on our family or our kids or some another hobby. And we weren't just like hustling all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what it is. And now if, if you want to have a break, sure, you can you can turn your phone off. You can go on a vacation. But you know, then you kind of have this feeling of what am I missing out on? Well, I'm not, I'm not hustling. So if somebody else is, then, you know, what am I coming back to? Yeah. yeah you know, how have you readjusted after the pandemic? Did you make any big changes in your business and, and personal shit? So I came out of the pandemic doing the festivals. Right. And that really took most of my focus in 2021. And then, you know, um, so I, 
obviously kept going with blackout um, with the Vegas roster, silver running the Nashville part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it wasn't but like extremely busy because like, you know, it was, like, you know, things were still opening up still and, opening and up. yeah, we never really have come back to it with the same momentum that we had going into 2020. No. And um, people, people don't, yeah. people don't realize that they, you know, like three years, like two, three years after the pandemic, it's not really back to the same shit it was. Yeah. It no, still no, seems no. like a bit of a transitionary thing in Vegas. Yeah. From from my perspective behind the scenes, from what I what I hear from people. Like you're still in limbo. Well the, the thing is like last year was the first year that international opened up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like twenty twenty one, Vegas was killing it. But then during the summer last year, they saw everyone leave for Ibiza. They saw everyone leave for like. <laughs> they saw everyone leave to go overseas, you know. But at the same time, they had all of these overseas clients come back. Yeah. So it, it was like there's still an adjustment. I think this year we're gonna maybe start seeing maybe everything kind of going back to normal, but not really, you know. Because the I, rates, I, yeah. the rates are like so all over the place too for DJs. It's yeah. It's you know what's kind of crazy is the rates for DJs. Yeah, are a little bit all over the place. The rates for some of these bigger acts though have all gone up since 2019. Right. And it's just like, I don't really understand it because, um, you know, like last year ticket sales were down everywhere. You know, people, because the market started to crash, crypto is crashing, like, you know, just inflation, like people Mm -hmm. weren't spending the same amount of money. You know, people would go to a concert instead of buying three concert tickets for the summer, they maybe just picked one, you know? So I just- It's funny because there was was artist inflation before there was regular inflation for the rest of the- The artist inflation is a little (laughs) bit higher than the gas inflation. It's, it's, you know, these artists that were getting, you know, 75 grand in 2019 haven't, but haven't released any new music since then are now Mm -hmm. wanting 150. It's like, where do you justify the double- increase in your pay like i don't really understand that it's almost like they're trying to make up for the last days that they didn't have so wait really how, as, a, as a as a booker how did you react to that how did you like you know what was your response to that did you it's did you succumb to the new budget it's, it's or did crazy. you you don't have a choice but to do that they're just wow. uh, it's it's really is crazy how much money these artists are, are are asking for these days and you know i as I say, obviously I book this talent. This is what I do for a living is book these, this talent. And you know, it's, it's, but it's just kind of disheartening that it's putting the venues in a position where they can't win and putting promoters in a position where they can't win because right. the talent is getting so much money. And I also think it has to do with demand because, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic now, everyone is trying to do events and parties and festivals. And there's a lot of demand for these acts. And it's not just in the United States, it's worldwide. So, you know, you only have, if you're an artist and, there's only so many dates you can take and so many shows you can do and you're getting offers and constantly, I guess, yeah, you can probably justify raising your rate because someone's going to pay it. (laughs) You know, it's like goes to the highest bidder, but the, the rates are really getting out there. What what, what do you see? Like, what's your feeling on the Vegas scene right now? Like, what's your Um, opinion? I think that it's due for a change. Why, why is that? I just, it's, you know, how many years can you see DJ face on billboard for having it on the highway? The same DJ, you know, it's just, you know, I think that um, there needs to be, I think this is going to be a change, whether it be in some of the music. I know like last year, a lot of different Latin artists were coming through. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty cool. I don't really listen to that music, but it was something different. Right. Um, yeah. I think, you know, a couple of venues have tried to do some country crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. I think like that's pretty cool. I think what Wynn's doing with Art of the Wild is cool. Yeah, I that's think, really cool. Yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's going to have to trend towards some more creative you know, events that are just, that are also different kind of genres of music and, you know, attract different 
appeal to different people besides just putting the same DJ's face on billboard. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know. It's funny because we've had this conversation like for a few years now and I and I've said that in my opinion uh Vegas and a lot of nightclubs are using a dated formula from like 10 years ago, 10 yeah. or 15 years ago and they're still kind of like repeating that yeah. formula. And maybe the formula still works, but mm-hmm. it's what you just said, it's dated. It's dated. It's dated. Right. So there's nothing new and innovative mm-hmm. in cutting edge about it. I also think uh, one of the problems, and I don't know what the solution is, but I don't see that there's any identity for a lot of the nightclubs because everyone's rotating DJs every weekend or rotating acts every weekend. So sometimes you don't know, like I don't like people come into town they're like, what do, I mean, it's Friday, where do I go? I'm like, you know what? It's going to be the same everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. just kind of where do you want to go? It it's is. like, because there isn't like five here or there isn't like, you know, Eric Deluxe here or Scene here or this guy here. It's just like, I don't know where anyone's at. I don't know if they're playing EDM or this or whatever. Like, you, I can't really tell you. The only thing I can say, maybe say is Dre's. If you want hip hop, you can go <laughs> yeah, to yeah, Dre's. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's that's smart that Dre's had like has an identity they, for hip hop. Right? And I think mm-hmm. Jewel does a good job with open format. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, hey, you know, open format, go to, you know, go to Jewel. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not just, it's like you said, it's kind of dated. It's just the, the, how much money these clubs spend too on these, some of these DJs. I just don't know how long they can stay in the green for, you know, with this. It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy. I remember when Vegas used to be slammed when the DJ booth was in the corner. You walk into excess and it's in the, it was in the corner, right, right. <laughs> like hidden in the wall. It was in the wall. You yeah. know, and it, they still, <laughs> but, but I feel like it was still just as busy. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just didn't have that, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollar overhead. It was like a movie theater projection door. room. It was yeah. like way in the back. Yeah. You didn't even know yeah. where the fuck it I was. I know, right? Yeah. Where the music coming from? Yeah, and, and liquid too. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I've, I've kind of been out of the scene here for a while. So maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, it just seems like, just from an outside perspective, kind of looking in, that it, there, need, there needs to be a change. And, um, you know, I also really kind of, hope that it goes back to you know the resident djs in vegas working more too you know because i think this was like you know at the time i felt like this was your guys's city like it really was and now i feel like it's okay well this is diplo city you know <laughs> i think it's diplo but like these mm. these acts are like now kind of claiming okay vegas is mine because i'm here every week and you know but it's i just i mean maybe they sell the tickets to cover cover the nut of the club opening i, I don't know but i think that at the end of the day it would be nice to figure out a way for these clubs to still really make a ton of money, th- resident DJs to play more and just yeah. some new creative um, ideas. I, th- I think it's slowly happening. I think yeah. I'm actually seeing a lot more local residents like with a little more shine. Yeah. Um, especially like, you know, I think Zook and uh, what is that? IU Day Club. AU, yeah. AU Day Club. Mm-hmm. They just announced like their new lineup and there's like Altura, which is like a local Latin party that's there. That's there's, cool. There's, there's like yeah. a lot of new yeah. DJs there. Like I think shout to Maddie Salazar, who's like kind of like trying oh, I to, love Maddie. yeah, Maddie's great. Yeah. And I think he's, he's, you know, I talk with him a lot and he's really trying to like create a new like scene in Vegas. He's bringing yeah. selection. Like there's these kids that started this great R&B party, SimCity. He's bringing them over there. He's having Miles Medina, like one of the greatest DJs mm-hmm. in the country. He's finally yeah. got a Vegas residency yeah. on the Strip. Oh, you know? that's good. Yeah, I've heard some really great things yeah. about him. 
but I think those are like the small changes that I start seeing. But yeah, yeah. it's it's true. Like I, I do see some some of the other venues, and I'm just kind of like, it's the same people for the past ten years. Yeah, and it's like the same acts, yeah. same thing, the same hip hop acts. <laughs> like yeah. they just get booked every, like at the, they just switch venues here and there. Yeah. Mm. Do you think there's a so you don't really have you don't think there's a future in it? like you don't know what the future you can't forecast in your head where you think it's gonna go. I don't know where it's going to go. I think that it's going to, everything now just overall is going to be trending towards more experiences. Mm. Like everyone wants that, you know, something that's Instagrammable or it's, it's an experience. It's not just, you know, going to hear, you know, whatever, you know, celebrity DJs there that night. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes for sure. But I think uh, it's, Vegas is definitely busy. I don't see the city slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> So are you, are people you, here to entertain? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, are you are you setting anything up here in Vegas? Are you working on anything besides the blackout DJs that, I, that are booked here? I really don't do a lot of work in Vegas. Actually, I do a, a ton of work in Texas. That's kind of mostly where I, I do work. Right. I do work in California, New York. Um, uh, obviously, I'm doing something in Toronto, Canada right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, Vegas. Uh, like I said, I have the two two separate businesses: Blackout Artists, which is the DJ roster, and Blackout Live, which is talent booking and, mm-hmm. and production, event production. So, most of the Blackout Live stuff is all done outside the city, and that's I think most of these clubs have an in-house person to kind of do what I offer, the services I would offer to a venue. Right, right, right. You know, and then, um, but Blackout, the Blackout Artist DJs that I that I work closely with still work out here a lot. Okay. Okay, yeah. who's your favorite Blackout Artist DJ? <laughs> you can't ask me that question. You can't ask me that. What? I'll do shout outs to shout outs to Karma, shout outs to Kid Conrad, shout outs to Q. Right. Shout outs to Booza. I love you. Okay. I gotta say at least all four. They, they, they at do. least all four. The four those, are the, those are the four. I work with a lot of DJs. Those are the four locals that are here. And obviously DJ Silver, he's based in Nashville. So yeah. Yeah, they're they're like that's the that's the core, the core crew. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like in this industry over the like you've been here like you've been working in nightlife for almost what, twenty years, right? Nineteen years, yeah. yeah. Nineteen mm-hmm. years. So like in this industry, like we were kind of talking about, you know, the light group days and I was just like I wonder what's Kalika's like most scandalous like experience, or like what what was the most scandalous shit you ever witnessed in Vegas? God damn! In Vegas? Yeah. Where you were just like to this day you were just like what the fuck was that? You know the bleep out names. (laughs) All right. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, there was a lot of fucking going on in the amp room. I've, I've heard <laughs> I've heard stories about that. Wait, wait. <laughs> a lot of clapping was going on. Right wait, on. A lot of shenanigans. Where was the amp room? Where was the amp room? It was it was uh, kind of downstairs. We go into the bathroom. It was like this. Hidden it was door. in the middle, right? It's like this door, and I think. How big was it? Was uh, it like ten gosh. by ten? It was like this. Uh, was it bigger than this room? Am I gonna now? incriminate myself that I've been in the Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) She may or may not have. She's seen it from afar. Um, I think I saw like walk out of there. Walk out of the amp room. Bleep that, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a thing. It was like, oh, you can go to the amp room and just, yeah, because you could could go and you could walk in the door and then there's like another door and then like kind of hidden like under, you could go like under this like crawl space. (laughs) Damn. So it was like a cave. It was like Harry Potter's room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, who's taking the turn in the app room tonight with, you know, everyone was hooking up with everybody. Waitress was hooking up with bussers, like DJs hooking up with whoever. I'm going to take my 30. Like, you going to take your 30? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meet me in the app. You know, they, they had a room like that at 
Oh, did they? Yeah, they was like right behind the DJ booth. There was these two rooms. It was like two amp rooms, and it was the same thing. So the same thing happened in there. Yeah, there was some uh, some crazy shit going on back there. <laughs> I remember like the the lighting guys. Those it was like they would create like a sanctuary there. So there was like one of the lighting guys. He was a comic book fan. So he had all these comic book posters on the <laughs> oh wall. That's pretty sick. And, but then there was this one night where like everyone was just going in the rooms and just wilding the fuck out, just like all his smashing <laughs> all night. And all of his posters got ripped the fuck up. And Damn. he was like, he was fucking hit. He, he had like a tantrum. He was making. He was going off on everybody. He just fucking flipped out. Oh. So I understand the amp room yeah. thing. That, that was being doing. quiet over there. You have no amp room story. <laughs> No, no comment. Damn, <laughs> she's turning red. So yeah. I'm just ending there. I'm staying quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so Kalika, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. You know, oh, thanks what I'm for saying? having me. Guys. This was a lot of fun. And then you know, I just want to let you know, like we we all have a lot of respect. You put a lot of bones in this industry, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, personally, I want to tell you thank you for a lot of things, like looking out for me throughout the years and whatnot. But, uh, you know, thank you for coming through. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.